Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network presents Streetwise Theology Out of the Ivory Tower and Back into the Hands of the Invisible Church Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology. My name is Luke Saint. A few weeks ago, I got into an online discussion about the nature of homosexuality, and it occurred to me in the discussion that while we were talking about homosexuality, most of the people there didn't know, I I would argue that I don't think any of the people in the discussion uh, knew where homosexuality came from, uh, why homosexuals become homosexuals. Um, how, do, how does, you know, no, I'm not sure if anyone knew the answer to the question, how does one even become a homosexual? When I was in this discussion, it started off with the belief that homosexuality is akin to adultery, is akin to a pornography, and that the see, people who uh, struggle with um, adulterous feelings or feelings of fornication um, are no better off nor worse than those who struggle with uh, homosexual thoughts or feelings. Uh, apparently, there are people who believe that you're somehow worse if you ha- struggle with homosexuality. Um, and I think in that discussion, what got lost was uh, the fact that homosexuality is a perverse uh, an unnatural desire, whereas adultery, while it is a sinful desire, is not, I, I'm not sure if I want to say that it is unnatural. I think in the Ten Commandments, I mean, you could make the ar- argument that all sin is unnatural. But when I when I brought up the, the question, people were saying, well, you know, your, your struggle with uh, uh, adulterous thoughts is just, is the same or isn't better or worse than my struggle with uh, homosexual thoughts. You know, we all have our own struggles. That's how, kind of how it all came out. You know, we, we, we all struggle with different sins. And they were kind of placing homosexuality in the category uh, with adultery and fornication. And, and, and I don't believe it should be in that category. And here's why. Whenever I ask the question, where, where does pedophilia belong? Nobody had an answer for it. And nobody, you know, uh, nobody's going to get up there and say, well, your, your desire to have sex before you're married in your struggle in in the way that you feel about that desire is just as just as you know um, natural or is just as sinful as my my desire to have sex with a three year old you know or maybe uh, say a five year old you know the, the, you know we all have different struggles you struggle with uh, fornication I struggle with pedophilia uh, no one's going to make that argument that's insane those are two completely different arguments. You know, these are these are two different sins, and they require different treatment. They de- they de- require different scripture. They require different action as as far as it goes. Look, I mean, the fact that somebody uh, a homosexual desires to ha- uh, to have re- sexual relations with the with the their respective sex, you know, the Bible's prescription of flee youthful lust will not yield the same results for the homosexual as it would for the uh, fornicator. Um, uh, you know, cutting off your right hand and plucking out your right eye is only half the battle for the homosexual. If he just refrains from his feelings, assuming it's a male, if he just refrains or tries to fight against his feelings, that's not going to do anything. It's just not going to make it go away. 
uh, fornication, fleeing youthful lust is an effective way to battle fornication. Fleeing youthful lust for homosexuality is uh, an effective way to deal with the here and now, but the long-term effect of homosexuality cannot be addressed but just by running away from your feelings. There's something deeper there that needs to happen. You, there is an unnatural and perverse desire that needs to be corrected. I believe that the homosexual has to go through more steps towards uh, sexual maturity than, say, a fornicator does or maybe even adulterer. Now, I, I'm not saying one is better or worse, but I'm saying that the prescription and the proscription are, are two different things. Uh, you know, the, the fleetful lust for the homosexual is, will not yield the same results as it will for a fornicator. It, it, it just won't. Um, and that was the argument I got in uh, on Facebook uh, about this because I was trying to make the argument that when uh, someone says, well, your, your desires to have sex outside of marriage is just as— uh, is 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 the same as my uh, you know sexual desire for men or women or you know whatever your respective sex is. I, I was trying to say no, it's not, it's not the same, and and the steps that need to be taken from here are two different things. Using the same solutions for both of these sins is not going to yield the same results. Um, in in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to Lord willing uh, interview. Uh, the former president of the Reading Chapter of Homosexuals Anonymous. He's also written a book about uh, how to deal with homosexuality. He's counseled many men. He um, has a lot of experience in this field. I want to get him on the phone and interview him about this. And he has a lot of great stories and brings a lot of tremendous insight into the character and nature of homosexuality, what, what homosexuals battle with, what homosexuals deal with, uh, you know, tremendous guilt, um, depression all over the place, uh, and um, I want to get him on the show and interview him, uh, ask him his thoughts. And secondly, uh, I'm going to be borrowing heavily from a book called Homosexuality, A New Christian Ethic by Elizabeth Moberly, who uh, I believe was a PhD, who's also a theologian. She takes a psychological approach as to how one actually becomes a homosexual. Now, uh, I, I want to make the argument in the next couple of weeks that one becomes a homosexual uh, one of two ways, one of two ways only. There's only two ways that one becomes homosexual. It is either sexual abuse as a child or, and, and, and you know, however you want to define sexual abuse. And again, this is, this is, not, a, this is not a guarantee because you take a set of twins and, and one gets sexually, if they both get sexually abused, one might grow up to uh, become a murderer and the other one might grow up to become a homosexual. You know, it, it's, it's not a guarantee. That's the first way. The second way is, a, uh, is an unstable relationship with their respective parent. Um, this one is a little bit harder to nail down, but that's what Elizabeth Moberly deals with in her book. That's one going to be uh, addressing. That's the one I'm going to be addressing primarily in the next couple weeks, uh, because I would argue that most homosexuals who uh, are are the way that they are um, do not realize that um, their desire, their perverse desire for sexual relations of the same sex, come from an unstable relationship with their parent. Uh, their respective parent, the, the boys with the fathers, uh, the females with their mothers. Now, in the last couple of weeks, we've also heard arguments that um, society might yield homosexuals. And I don't want to reduce it to, to that, but I think there was an implication that society 
yields uh, homosexuals. I, I, I'm not sure if that's true. I, I, I think that it comes more from how parents uh, relate to their respective children, how mothers interact with their daughters and how fathers interact with their sons. I don't think it has much to do with whether or not the father is a patriarchist or an egalitarian. It has to do with how he interacts with his sons, and it has to do with how a mother interacts with her daughters uh, when we're talking about the second way that one becomes a homosexual. So next week, I'm going to talk about this uh, argument that one becomes a homosexual uh, through a an unstable relationship with their respective parent. I'm going to be, uh, again, borrowing from Elizabeth Moberly's book, Homosexuality, A New Christian Ethic. If you do not have this book, I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's uh, a small book. It's a short read, but it's incredibly insightful. Um, it's not too technical that you, that you get bored or that you don't understand what's going on. It's actually very... Um, very insightful to the character and nature of, of homosexuality. Um, and also in the next couple of weeks, I want to interview a personal friend of mine who brings a lot of insight into homosexuality, both from his own experiences and the experiences of others. Thanks for listening, my friends. Be strong and courageous. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Streetwise Theology, brought to you by the Mid-Atlantic Reformation Society and Reconstructionist Radio. Please visit ReconstructionistRadio.com and ThinkAndReform.org. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His kingdom.